The following program, The Inclusive Voice, is sponsored by Diversity MBA Media and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management. Good morning, everyone. This is Pam McElveen, your host of The Inclusive Voice. Oh, can you believe I looked out the window and there's a little crisp of snow out there. We're not going to get too upset with that. So we actually want to um, definitely take time and reflect on everything that's been going on in our world, as you've heard in the news. And, you know, we do continue to support what's happening, particularly with the votes coming up. Um, next year, we want to be able to be in a position to pay attention and take privilege of our right to select. But this show today, we want to really celebrate and acknowledge our veterans and what happens um, with them when they when they come back into the workforce and transition and share, you know, some stories as a very, very successful leaders. But before we get started, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about uh, uh, what what's what's in the marketplace as it relates um, to our veterans, if you will. Um, you know, we actually, when you think about, you know, acknowledging our veterans' holidays and our, or, or Memorial Day, and, you know, people think of these as um, normalized, uh, socialized celebrations, but really we should be thinking every day for the service of the men and women um, that are putting their lives online for us. Because it's an unfortunate reality that many of our nation's veterans, you know, have difficulty with reintegration after ending, you know, concluding their successful service. And this is a large part due to the lack of systemic support for our veterans. And we're just looking at some information according to the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, which I, I pause and I struggle to say that a bit because you're talking about homeless veterans. We don't want anyone to be homeless, um, but the reality, that's a growing number, particularly in our urban areas. But our veterans, which is 7% of the general population and you know can claim veteran status, 7% can claim veteran status, but nearly 13% of the homeless adult population are veterans. And so, you know, while there are being more and more efforts for organizations and companies um, to, to help and, and bridge the gap with wraparound services, it is still a very, very real issue that I feel, you know, we as a country are going to have to face and deal with. And, and not just, you know, through the agencies, which we'll talk about that a little bit this morning. But some of the realities of, of, what's, of what's really going on, um, the U.S. Census, just to give you a little bit of insight, the U.S. Census actually, um, you know, every two or three years, they do a pulse check on the population and they'll do other inquiries um, working with the Department of Labor and um, Department of Economics to just look at employment statuses and other types of information that's relevant. So the population of uh, veterans that's actually tracked in the workforce is, is around 9%. But corporations and large organizations, as you know, Diversity MBA benchmarking, we have our index, they range around 6% of, in terms of tracking veterans. 
And so how do you know if a person is a veteran in your workplace? They have to do this thing called self-identification or full disclosure. They have to share that they provided service. If they're on active duty in a reserve, they really, really have to share. But then if they're not, they don't have to after they're transitioning. So one of the things that organizations have committed to is to help and do what they can to transition ages, um, veterans into the workforce. You know, during the pandemic in 21, companies were hiring, they're at 10% and actually hiring veterans. We saw a decline last year, all the way down to, to 5%. So we don't, I don't know very specifically about the impact of COVID, but it definitely did have an impact on, on the workforce. But just a little bit of uh, statistics for you. 87% of our companies, you know, which we're talking about 500 in the index, have intentional recruiting. They literally are intentional in partnering with agencies and organizations to hire veterans. And, and the State Department is a big uh, a military, state and federal, they're, they're big um, pipelines for the work, for the companies. But just so you know, they're really intentional in going out and hiring veterans. But and remember, the number in the workforce, though, is less than 9%. And then within that, companies have what we call, as I mentioned earlier, self-identification. So... A 23 results, 80% of companies actually have a self-identification program. And so that means they'll do surveys and they'll do indexes to try to determine, you know, hey, if you're a veteran, please feel free to acknowledge um, your status. We want to know who you are. Because on the flip side, what organizations do very, very well once they hire their veterans um, they have specific mentoring programs. They have programs that include uh, what we call wraparound, which means their families, which means everyone that is um, touches a veteran, uh, they help them in terms of the transition. And don't forget, some of our most powerful and best leaders are veterans and come from the military. So we want to, you know, we want to have this conversation to do two things this morning: one, to educate and remind folks that this great talented population. Two is to remember that we have to, we have to open our arms and be in a place to, to have transitional skills when they go to become civilians, to open our doors and arms and, and re-engage and help them re-engage into the workforce. And then, um, and then to celebrate every day, not just the loss of them in Memorial Days and then the, the, the recognition of them in the veteran to, on Veterans Day, but to celebrate our service of our men and women every day um, in terms of um, helping us live the lives that we way we should. And so today, you know, we're going to be able to, to talk about some of that. We're going to be able to celebrate what can happen, you know, when um, you retire um, from the military and from service and those skills that are transferable that you've used and been able to help you more. So before we uh, bring on our guest, you know me, I'm that closet poet, as they say. Um, I actually want to share a poem that I wrote, uh, I think a couple years ago, uh, and it's called Count Me In. 
So count me in for my ability and let me show you the talent I can be. Count me in for my identity, not for my intersectionality. Count me in for my service in the military and not where you think I should be. Just count me in in spite of diversity. I am the largest minority, yet you seem to forget about me. I transcend generations and ethnicities. Why don't I have influence and power when I consume more than anyone by the hour? Go ahead and pass the buck. Leave us out if you want to. Good luck. Count me in so I can take what claims me. I know I am more than my disability. I am called the hidden gem, not by me, but by them. I might be born with a flaw. I have all the courage, so don't be in awe. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. I'm not violent, just humbly silent. And now I'll take the chance to lead this dance. Count me in, not because I serve you to save you. It's what I was called to do. Being a vet is great until at one point in life, it's too late. When duty is done and the battle is won, I'm called back in and I'm not the same way. Let's be clear, I'm not astray. I transcend more than you can see. If it were not for me, you could not be. I bring new ways and philosophy. All I want now is to have a goal to contribute in this world to stay whole. So count me in because I bring more diversity, claiming different communities. Defining me is not the goal. Empathy and understanding are what makes me whole. First it was gay and now it's he, she, and they. We evolved to be more than identity. We are the essence of diversity. With all due respect, you question legitimacy. You don't get to define that part of me. The view from here is amazingly free to be open, explore, than more use than what you see. Count me in because it's a win-win. So thank you for that, giving me that poetry moment. We're going to take a commercial break and we're going to be right back with our special guest. From an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. But Diversity MBA's education push extends beyond the public realm and into the private sector. Thanks to DMBA, enterprises embarking on their DEI journey have access to training webinars, leadership indexes, and more, all of which can help educate and transform a workforce. Embrace DEI. Diversity MBA can help. Visit www.diversitymbamagazine.com for more information. At UPMC, we believe care goes beyond our walls and into our communities. That's why we support organizations and individuals who help people prosper by giving them skills and training for employment, including right here at UPMC. Because life-changing is providing people a chance to grow. Learn more at upmc.com slash community impact. UPMC, life-changing medicine. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Pam McElvain, your host for the Inclusive Voice, WCPT, 820 AM. This morning, we welcome you all once again. So good morning, Calvin. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank it's you, so Pam, good to have you with us. Yes. Um, so, Calvin, the one thing I ask everyone um, before we get started is, you know, what do you do and how do you keep yourself well, both mentally and physically? 
morning, everyone. My name is uh, Kelvin Scott. I'm a retired veteran of 22 years, 22 uh, long, wonderful years in the Marine Corps. Um, I retired about seven years ago. Uh, Kelvin, I want you and, to tell me how you keep yourself well. and We're going to talk about all that good stuff. How do you okay, keep yourself okay. well, and both mentally and physically? Then we're going to go tell them all that other good stuff. I would say about how I keep myself well is my support system. I have a fantastic support system. Uh, I think that's pretty important. Uh, I have a large family. Uh, I have a wife and 11 children, uh, two grandchildren and one on the way. I have a support system of uh, former veterans that we link up on group chats and things like that and just keep each other's spirits up. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, veterans have that sense of camaraderie, and when you lose it, you know, you tend to go down mentally. So uh, that's important. And me and my, me and my uh, fellow colleagues, my former, uh, my veterans, we, we, we connect all the time to each other's little memes and uh, just check on each other uh, how we're doing and what's going on in our life. So I think that's the strongest thing I have to keep myself it well. It really is. It really is, that sense of community. So thank you so much for that. So I, I'm going to take a second here just to share with you why we felt Calvin was such a great guest. And you did hear that large family, which is phenomenal. So Calvin Scott is the COO and head of veteran practice for CTR Factor, and he's the founder of the CTR Factor Nonprofit Alliance. But before we get into how he transitioned his skills, I just wanted to share this with you as he was getting ready to, but we're going to talk about that experience a little bit more. But Kevin is a retired, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's retired, he's, let me just say this, he's a retired first sergeant company gunnery uh, first, look, let me get it right. First Sergeant Company Gunnery Sergeant and Operations Chief in the United States Marine Corps. So he retired after 22 years of a career within the Marines doing all different types of operational roles. And what's also great is that he has taught in, in airborne and air delivery school for the Marine Corps. He's been in charge of training, readiness, discipline, personnel and operations. And the reason I want to share all these things and running leadership programs is because um, these are real skills that he's been able to transition. So we are talking to someone that had military as not just service, but as a career, and then has been able to transition. So Kelvin, um, just, you know, briefly, if you don't mind, you know, going back a little bit, doing a little bit of reflection, what what made you decide that you wanted to, you know, serve in the military? Well, uh, for me, um, you know, my story's a little different because um, the military really provided me an opportunity to do something for myself and my family where I didn't think job opportunity was available for me in the area where I grew up. Uh, it pretty much saved my life. So Where'd I joined the military. Up? I grew up in Washington, D.C. Okay, okay. And during that time period, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s, uh, things were pretty bad in my area. So in order to get away from all the trouble and make sure I didn't end up in prison or, or dead, you know, I raised my right hand and joined the military and decided to defend my country. Um, and it really saved my Kelvin? life. Kelvin, how old were I you? I joined the military at 18 years old, so. Wow. Okay. It was, yes. 
a young man. That's awesome. So it, it was, and, yes. So, so, so when, so with that, you know, you're talking about, so you said the 80s, so the 90s, and then 22 years, so you're there um, for a couple decades. Um, what, what was your, um, share with us, because I think it's important um, to, for, for folks to know just, you know, a little bit about, you know, your early experience and, and what growth you received, even from that period, to, and you can also bring in some things, you know, that's different today. But what, um, what were some of the pivotal lessons and, and growth experiences that you had as a young man going into the military? Some uh, really things I learned early, early along my, my military career is that no matter where you're from and who you are, uh, in the military, we're all a team, and you learn that team concept. So no matter where you're from, where I'm from Washington, D.C., I met people that I never thought I'd meet from Indiana. You know, I met people who never, who never met a black guy before in their lives. But we learned to depend on each other. Actually, we've become really good friends. Um, we really have more in common than not in common, and we don't realize that uh, until we get put in certain situations. And and you really develop that bond and uh and really depend on each other with your lives. So you learn a lot of those type of things. Uh so that big connection on and uh, depending on each other and the willingness to serve, you learn that early on in boot camp. That's like one of the first things they instill in you. You know, depending on each other, lean on each other, teamwork, uh, believe on each other. So I think that's like one of the biggest things I learned early in my Marine Corps career. And, you know, that team collaboration um, today is one of the real competencies um, for inclusive leadership that companies look for um, in their leaders. And so to, to have that, you know, instilled and be able to bond like that, I think it's, it's very critical going forward. So, so thank you for sharing um, that part of your experience. Um, do you have any, do you have a good story you want to share in terms of, you know, um, like your family? Like, when did you start um, having, you know, you have 11 children. So when did you start having your family? How old were you? And um, what was, what was, what was the game plan around having such a large family? Did you come from a large family? Did you just, is that just something you just dreamed about? It is something I dreamed about, and I am from a large family. Um, my mother is one of 11 children, so she she has eight brothers and two sisters. And um, we all have a really strong connection, so I come from a large family, so I always wanted that for me. Uh, I only have one sister, so there's only two of us. So my wife and I, we are high school sweethearts, so when we were children, we said we want a big family. She only has one brother. Okay. And we always said, we want to have a large family. Uh, we want to do things a little different. Um, we didn't yes. think it would be this much. <laughs> but <laughs> what I always say, we uh, we started early and we finished strong because our oldest one is 30 go. and our youngest one is three. <laughs> wow. Wow. That You know what? That's going to keep you young, huh? You're going to be young for a long time. <laughs> so I think it's beautiful. I really do. That that That's great. And then, you know, and you know young, that's what you want. And, you know, and then when you come from at least a family 
that um, I could see your trajectory. You know, you're coming from a family that um, that has these strong values, and then you you know you go into a family right and within the military to to build a community with strong values. And so, to me, all of that makes that makes a lot of sense. And then you talked about from the you know from your you know, from your community, you guys still, you know, there's a group of you that still um, stay together. So where where are you living? You know, what part of the country? You're born in D.C., but um, I know you're you're in Florida now, right? So when did you settle in Florida? So I retired in 2016, and my wife was a former executive at Verizon. So we had a property in Florida already. Um, okay. And I... And I love warm weather. I, I can't stand the cold. So I want to call my name as soon as I retired. And uh, I actually love it. I love my area. I love where I'm at. Okay. Okay. You're, so you, you've been in that happy spot, that happy place for a long time. <laughs> Easy to have that The sunshine, the <laughs> sunshine gives me power like Superman. Okay. Okay. So I, I need the sunshine in my life. Absolutely. I love that. So we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be right back because I think it's going to be great to hear um, now about some of the work um, that Kelvin has been able to, you know, to build and to create since leaving the military and leveraging um, his experience in the military. But if you have any questions, please feel free to call in at 773-594-8781. Um, and we will be able to, you know, field some of those questions or share some of those thoughts. I mean, because this is a successful veteran story. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with you after these commercial messages. Everyone's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let Diversity MBA Media bring you up to speed on the discussion. With benchmarking services that help enterprises gauge and expand the diversity of their workforces, to fresh, insightful, deep-dive articles on the Diversity MBA website, CEO Pam Mickelvane leverages years of experience and some of the foremost thought leaders on diversity, equity, and inclusion to spread the DEI message and curate content that educates and enlightens. In addition, Diversity MBA Media hosts annual conferences that bring together speakers from all across the DEI spectrum, with thousands of virtual attendees learning industry best practices from a wide range of perspectives. Check out Diversity MBA Media, join the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement, and be a part of the discussion. www.diversitymbamagazine.com Breakthroughs aren't just for medical journals. They're to help people hold their grandbabies for the first time. Expertise isn't just for awards or recognition. It can be what gives people the best chance to walk again. At the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, people are the driving force behind everything we do. So we never lose sight of what's important. And we never forget who it's for. Because in the end... We're people helping people. That means every breakthrough, every clinical study, every interaction is to help people like you, your family, and your neighbors be the best they can be. We do everything possible 
because we see everything possible in you. To find out how compassion motivates world-class care, visit Freighter.com. Welcome back. I hope those of you that are sitting back having your coffee, you're still with us. I think I gave you the wrong number to call in. Please call in at 773-763-9278. 773-763-9278. Um, to call in as we're speaking this morning with Kelvin Scott, the COO of CTR Factor and the founder of CTR Factor Nonprofit Alliance. But one of the things that... Um, First, I want to ask Kelvin. Kelvin, what does you know? What is CTR Factor? Where did, where did that name so, come from? So CTR Factor stands for Credibility, Trust, and Respect. Is uh, what we built on is our foundational rules that can pretty much help in any instance that you can think of. Um, oh, that's so awesome. um, that's what we built off of. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That is that is awesome. I love that name. But one, so one of the things I want to, you know, I want us to talk about. It's almost kind of like a lesson here in education. Uh, here, when I think about your skills and capability, I mean your signature strengths. You know, executive decision making, strategic business planning, policy direction, budgeting, project management, risk identification and mitigation, personnel management and technology integration. Amazing. Though, of course, you know, you've had opportunities to do these things, but do you feel that um, in the military and the 20 years you were there gave you a foundation to begin and build some of these very, very strong competencies that you now have? I absolutely do. The military does a great job of setting these people up for you know, life and transitioning from the military. But a lot of veterans don't realize a lot of the intangibles that we possess when we get out of the military. Um, you know, the teamwork and leadership. The uh, military, we have leadership courses in every single rank. Um, people see us moving around every three years. But in the military, it's like, this is frustrating. I have to uproot my family and move to another whole geographical area. But in actuality, it prepares us for when we exit the military and join the job, and we're very flexible. We always tend to grow wherever we're planted. Um, so we learn so many different skills that we don't even realize until once we get out and someone tells us that we're capable of doing so much more than we thought we were. You know, do you know, I just thought about that when you were talking about um, one, you know, people when people think that leadership skills, um, excuse me, excuse me, tends to happen only for, you know, the officers. But basically, you're saying that at all levels, leadership is is all. At all levels, uh, we go to a leadership course for almost every rank. So starting at E3, you go through a leadership course for every single rank. Uh, the military breeds leaders, not followers, but great listeners. So you can't be a good leader if you can't follow. But we are leaders from the word go. Absolutely. See, that's, that's, that's really powerful. The other thing that you said, my voice here, I apologize for that is when you talked about being ready and flexible, the ability to move um, when you're asked to move. 
Well, in, in corporate America and other large national organizations, they look for um, people to be flexible and to move. So you're trained to become adaptable in different geographies. So when when exiting the um, the military, you're already you know familiar with what it means to uplift and uproot your family for a career for for a career move. Absolutely. Uh, just about every three years, if you do more than one turn in military, if you do one turn in military, you move at least once. And one turn in military is usually about, about four years. So you'll move at least one time. And if you're a careerist, career uh, military person, you'll move just about every three years. Uh, and then when once you get there, you'll have different jobs. Maybe you'll have to do a job that's totally now in your career path. So you learn that as well. So we're great at we're great at following rules and following policies and procedures and still picking up and keeping things moving in the forward direction. Okay, so that actually makes that makes a lot of sense in terms of particularly being a career military person and then deciding to be uh, go into civilian life. You have all these different experiences. So when you talk about the transition into the workplace, it looks like your transition. Um, you went into uh, building your, being a part of your own organization, and then later your own nonprofit. But first, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about you're the COO and head of veteran practice for CTR pra- uh, Factor. So, so what is that role? What does that include? So, it, it's really funny you say that. In my military career, I was uh, a- airborne marine. So. I jumped out of airplanes, I packed parachutes, I did half of my uh, career with uh, Special Forces and Force Recon. So one of my hats in the military was Eagle Opportunity. I was an Eagle Opportunity representative, I had to go to school for that, and uh, that was the skill set that I took with me and transitioned to the uh, civilian world. And guess what happened? That my wife just started a uh, DEI firm called CTR Factor which um, okay. my opportunity background pretty much translated uh, really well into. And I did a lot of operations in the military. So um, that was an easy, easy term for me to take to come over into CTR factor. Uh, I wish, you know, more veterans had that type of opportunity where it was an easy transition. But uh, certain things I still had to learn coming over into the new organization about how things rolled in civilian world, a lot different from the military. You know, what's amazing, though, um, I didn't even know Special Forces and Airborne. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, how bold and courageous you you have been. And I don't know if I've ever said to you, thank you for your service. Um, it, that's, that's amazing. That, that is just amazing. And so it speaks to your ability to to go deep and learn um, some very, very uh, unique skills, which kind of entrepreneurial, right? When you go into um, your wife start, you know, as part of this firm, CTR Factor, I mean, you're, you're doing everything, right? Entrepreneurial, you're building everything. You have to be ready in that moment to change and then being able to bring your operational skills and the many uh, roles that you had that allowed allowed you to just just kind of um, adapt, and I and I know uh, to your point, not many veterans have that kind of opportunity per se. 
Um, but what is what is the process uh, in terms of you know is there like when you exit the mil- the military? Um, and I know there's there's training and outsourcing, but in, and I know companies reach out for hiring. But what you actually basically had a very focused, you know, pipeline to go into and was able to build on your skills and learn all these different things with CTR Factor as the chief operating officer is um, and that didn't. How long would you say that? Two questions. One, um, is there a direct path for, you know, for veterans to go into civilian life and gain this kind of experience that you have? And two, the second question is, you know, how long did it really take you, even though you were an operational um, expert, to become pretty expert at CTR Factor? So when I first joined, so I'm going to start out with some of the the pipeline. There is a a great pipeline for veterans to exit the military. Um, Federal government is always looking for former military members. To come into their, their organization, um, okay. law enforcement, firefighting, are things that veterans tend to go into once they exit the military. But there's so many other opportunities out there for you. If you're an entrepreneur, uh, yeah, entrepreneurial spirit, spirit, um, to go and start your own business. There are loans that veterans can get to that they can go and start their own business, their own firms. Uh, there's so much we're capable of doing. Uh, some of the challenges. Uh, that say how long it took me to really get going and adapted to CTR Factor is that CTR Factor is uh, has a very entrepreneurial spirit. You know, it was built, and I'm used to following policies and procedures. And when you don't have those things, in, you know, in order, as soon as you get there, it's not a book for me to read and catch up on and learn how to do the job. You got to figure these things out. Um, and what I've learned is I create my own policy procedures and set my own uh, schedules and things to follow off of, create my own template to uh, get things moving the way I like them to move. Um, it took me a little while, but having that freedom and flexibility allowed me to blossom and uh, really uh, gain some things that I didn't get when I was in the military. And uh, when we do our veteran transition program, we think about those types of things. Uh, the military does a great job of transitioning in its military personnel, but there's certain things that we need a little more assistance with as far as adapting uh, to our new environment and knowing all the different intangibles that we possess. Uh, like, we what's a nuance? So what's a, what's a nuance, um, one of the simple nuances uh, you think that is overlooked that folks need to consider when, when helping veterans transition? I would say just... Um, bringing in uh, different uh, leaders, uh, experts from different types of organizations in the civilian world. Um, we don't we do not do a good job of uh, leveraging uh, the military connections and bringing in those types of experts, um, military, former military members that have transitioned to the corporate world, for example, uh, bringing them in and telling us their experiences, uh, you know, what was hard for them and, what was a easy transition for them and how to translate military skills to civilian skills. You know, uh, a veteran's problem-solving skills is next level. And in any job you go to, you know, you have to be able to solve problems. 
you know, and we're on another level when it comes to problem, problem solving skills. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that that's really good. And I like, you know, the way you shared too, you know, we're used to, you know, taking orders and there's rules and structure that you have to follow very well. Um, but when you're, you know, entrepreneurial or even in a new role, you might have to, you know, create your own path and have your own experiences and being comfortable to lean into that. Um, so thank Absolutely. you so much for sharing some of you know what you do at CTR and the veterans practice. We're going to go to commercial break, and then I want to talk to you about your very specific entrepreneurial experience and commitment with the nonprofit that you um, developed and created. So we'll be right back with you after this commercial break. Uh, stay tuned and stay with us, and feel free to call in at 773-763-9278 and share your experiences. We'll be right back with you. The world is embracing a remote, globalized, and diverse workforce. Is your organization prepared when it comes to understanding all the nuances of diversity? Diversity MBA can help. From an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. Check out diversitymbamagazine.com and take the first step towards transforming your organization. At UPMC, we believe care goes beyond our walls and into our communities. That's why we support organizations and individuals who help people prosper by giving them skills and training for employment, including right here at UPMC. Because life-changing is providing people a chance to grow. Learn more at upmc.com slash community impact. UPMC, life-changing medicine. Thank you so much for that, um, that insight. And welcome back, everyone. I'm Pam McElvain here with Kelvin Scott talking about, you know, the transition from military to, to being a, a veteran. And one of the reasons that um, I really love this moment and this time with Kelvin is because, you know, he spent the time and can really share what the great opportunities that are there in today's military and for today's young people, and then the transition. And what's so amazing is the the transition, um, Calvin, when I think about it, you know, the 22 years ago or 30 years ago, uh, when you came in, it's still not very different in terms of, you know, what young people um, receive from the military, you know, in terms of having to make a commitment, um, having to, to go to boot camp and develop the required skills and then be able uh, to transition. Because we do in our index, we gather a lot of the, um, we, gather, we gather a lot of, you know, what companies do and the kind of services that they partner with agencies that they can provide uh, for the military. I do know, uh, I mean, for veterans, um, I remember, and I think it was about, I almost want to say almost between eight to 10 years ago, there's uh, the, the agent, an organization came up with higher 100,000 veterans. I think it was about a decade. And Walmart was one of the big leaders in saying, we're going to commit um, in hiring 100,000 veterans. And that could be over 10 years. So it wasn't like they were hiring uh, the veterans 
um, in a short period of time, but they were making this commitment to do this. And since then, about 240 companies have joined to say, yes, we want to be a part of the, the 100,000 of hiring veterans, which is great. But the federal government, to your point, um, Calvin, is still the largest employer because it's the most direct line of the talent that they develop. So, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, so one of the things um, that you were inspired to do is your nonprofit. Share with us a little bit about your, I think is it CTR Factor Alliance? Um, nonprofit alliance. Uh, what inspired you to develop and create your own nonprofit, and and what does it focus on? Yeah, CTR Factor Nonprofit Alliance. Yes, uh, this is my baby. Uh, so, what inspired me to create it? I was just thinking about what can I do uh, and developing another sense of purpose after I left the military. Okay, I have a job that is you know putting bread on the table, but what else would inspire me? What am I missing? And that's when I created this nonprofit line because I wanted to give back. Uh, I wanted to let the military know, know that I haven't forgot about them and all the federal service, uh, all my fellow service members out there. I still remember joining as a young kid, having no um, no angle, having no, no idea where I wanted to go in life, to turn me into the man I am today. So I wanted to give back. I also thought about the community that I left uh, that I thought needed some additional help. And if the military could help me, then they could help uh, our communities as well. Uh, so we came up with these uh, programs. We have uh, pre-service programs where we go in and we help high school and college students. Uh, we bring them in with the uh, military and say, this is the career path for you, and it's not what you think it is. And we bridge that gap. Uh, we help troubled high school students learn their way. They have them develop a sense of community, help them with tutoring, and tell them that there's other opportunities out there for you than street life. Um, then we have in-service uh, programs where we go in and we help service members, active duty service members, reservists in different areas that we see that are struggle points or we show them something a little different. They can help them in their career path. And then we have our post-service programs. We come in, we do our veterans recruitment programs into different organizations. We have transitional readiness programs. And one of the biggest things we have is the pay it forward program. Uh, veterans have a big sense of big sense to serve. So we defended our country, we served our country for so many years. Why not serve the communities that we live in? I mean, help uplift them, help uplift the people of that community and get them healthy emotionally and physically. Uh, so those are some of the programs we have on our nonprofit, and I'm very excited I about, about the, I love that pay it forward uh, uh, program, and then the other one you have with with helping um, the transition on the building blocks. So share a little bit about the the you know how your pay it forward program works. So our pay pay it forward program is called Building Blocks. Um, we have different areas, four different areas we go in that we've done our research and say these are struggle points and families of need within our communities. So we help them with our educational programs for not just their children, but themselves also. Uh, some people have children earlier than they thought, and they weren't able to achieve the things they wanted to achieve, but we make them know that it's not too late 
there's programs out there for you that you can still get your education or trade to help you get in another area financially. Uh, so for that's for the families and the children, uh, financial awareness, um, housing assistance, uh, health care assistance, um, uh, those type of things, uh, mental wellness seminars, and bringing experts to uh, help you figure out your path mentally and where you want to be. Uh, that's like uh, a big passion project of mine. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Uh, so what are the four, I mean, because I just have heard you talk about that in the past before, but what are the four components of, you said they're building blocks of four components of the pay it forward? Like yeah. what are, uh, what are the four components of your building block? So we have components. We have self, family, money, safety, and health. As I mentioned, we have self-education. Um, we have uh, residential education. We have relationship building, student education, uh, financial literacy, uh, career development, um, legal preparation. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the community need legal help. Uh, they don't know how to get it, so we partner with different legal organizations to provide uh, free uh, legal uh, consultation. We have uh, safety and security uh, programs. We have uh, health care seminars. We say this is available to you in your community for health care. I know that's a big struggle in some of the yeah. communities that we serve. Health care is a big thing. And one of the largest things is yes. mental health and addiction counseling. Yes. Um, we'll talk about you that. Know, Yes, veterans deal a lot with that, and we got to make sure we uh, we serve our communities to make sure to get the help that they need. So, what? Let me just ask you about safety. Like, what? what are, when you say safety, um, security, what do you mean by that? Safety and security. It's a it's a big thing in the community to think that the uh, police are against us and don't have our best, you know, the, our health in mind. So, what we do is we bring in different leaders within the uh, law enforcement community, and we have we have meetings. We bridge that gap. Um, oh, wow. Of course, okay. it's bad, but there's a lot of good ones. People go in, join the law enforcement to help serve. Uh, they tend to go awry sometimes, but not all the time. But we want to bridge that gap. Let's talk to each other and learn from each other and get to a, a better playing field. And that's what we mean by safety and security. Okay, that's powerful. And so, and so, you literally—I mean, I mean, literally—if a community wanted to hire you to help them navigate, you know, that relationship, you know, between you know, be it community uh, community policing or any service agencies that the community is providing, you guys could do that. Absolutely, we go into different communities and we go into the local government. We have these conversations and the sit downs and meetings and figure out how we can better serve that community. Let's go in. Let's have these conversations. Let's meet people where they are and figure yeah. out, learn their goals and where they want to be. And let's help them get there. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the job of the uh, local government. So let's do it. So that that's awesome. So then in terms of um, uh, your, I don't want to, for you know, uh, lose the time to let people know how they can reach you. So if folks wanted to know more about the Nonprofit Alliance the CTR Nonprofit Alliance. Where can they go? So go to uh, CTR Nonprofit Alliance dot uh, com. Go to our website. 
and there's so much information on there. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can join our team, and uh, we're very approachable. We want to talk to any and everybody and get them to join okay. the team. All allies, um, we welcome you in. It's a uh, veterans nonprofit. It's uh, run by veterans. We have a lot of veteran mentors uh, on our team, and uh, we all here to serve the same program and serve our community. That's awesome. So it's the all one word, right? CTR Factor Nonprofit Alliance dot com. Okay. So dot com, not dot org, because but you still are a nonprofit, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's awesome. Okay, so that's good. So if you want to learn more, CTR Factor Nonprofit Alliance dot com. So all the services that you want to provide, I think this is phenomenal created by a veteran, uh, supported by veterans, and, you know, and developed and executed and implemented by veterans. This is excellent. I just want to, uh, before we wrap up, this has been a great conversation, Calvin, um, about, you know, mental health. What are some of the myths that uh, you could dispel around mental health and veterans? Uh, every veteran does not have PTSD. This is, you know, it is a big Thank thing. You for that. <laughs> and it is, we all do not have it. Um, we all do not have it. A, a, a big thing with mental health is so much more that goes into mental health than just saying, oh, he may have been in war, killed someone, or saw someone get killed, and they have PTSD. There's a lot more going to mental health. It's just that. As I mentioned earlier, camaraderie and teamwork. It's the thing that we uh, come to learn and, and help build us up, and sometimes we miss it. And some just sometimes just getting a phone, a call, and someone to have a conversation and linking up helps someone mentally. You never know what they're going through, and just a phone call, a text message to someone you know, it really changed their day and changed their outlook on how they feel mentally. What does uh, PTSD stand for? Uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Um, it, it's, uh, it is a real thing, and it's, it causes a lot of uh, damage to your, to your mind if you don't uh, seek help. It's not a bad thing to go get counseling and go and talk to someone, everyone. Yeah. If you need yeah. that help, it's important to go and talk to someone. It, it, it does great for you. I mean, no matter who it is, a professional, if you need that type of help, or sit down with your loved one or someone in your family, just have a conversation and let them know how you feel. It's, it's better to get things off your chest than keeping it balled up on the inside. You know, I, I appreciate that. And, um, and one of the things that we have in our, in our index, we ask companies, you know, do you train your recruiters in being able to have that conversation, right? Just to, uh, if someone wants mental health support to let them know what the organization offers um, in, on the front end and, you know, and not later in crisis, you know, they probably should do that for everybody, right? Not just veterans. In today's world, everyone needs to know where the um, employee assisted program support is. And, you know, and I'm not um, unfamiliar with veterans. I come from a family. I come from actually a military family. I don't know if you know that. All the way back to my great-great-grandfather who fought in the Civil War. Um, and so, and then my grand, you know, grandfather in World War II. And then I have many uncles uh, that have fought in um, a Vietnam War and some that experienced uh, PTSD. 
but were able to transition successfully. Um, and then I had uncles that went in um, during the wartime. So uh, amazingly, you know, my brothers, you know, there was, they could go to college and uh, do their thing. I think I had one brother. Yeah, one brother that, that uh, went in and uh, a successful officer. So, and then I had many cousins and and a lot of families, you know, we're, we're connected uh, to, to the military. There's someone in our family that has had the experience of gone there. So this should be, you know, a national um, issue when there are issues of homelessness uh, for our veterans. So I know we're now at the top of the hour. I want to thank you so much, Calvin, for your service, for the work you're doing as the chief operating officer for CTR Factor, as well as heading your own nonprofit to provide service uh, to veterans, um, for veterans, by veterans. So thank you so very much for your time this morning and enjoy your wonderful family. Um, Absolutely. This as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and uh, having a platform to bring people in to speak about certain things that we go through. I really appreciate that time. Oh, and you're absolutely welcome. And we thank you all this morning for listening to the Inclusive Voice. And always feel free to tune in on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. And you can go to diversitymbamagazine.com for more information. But even more importantly, please go to ctrfactornonprofitalliance.com and just peruse the website and learn more about these services and resources. Okay, so with that, we will see you next week and go to these last commercials and have a very, very, very good weekend and good week next week. I'm out, Pam McElvain, your host for the Inclusive Voice, WCPT 820 AM. From emails that get no response to improper billing and shipping to inventory mistakes, waste can be an expansive, encompassing problem. With a track record of success that includes over $7 billion in successful projects, Bold Business has been helping clients over two decades. Whether you seek to enhance the performance of current anti-waste and waste initiatives, reduce reputational damage in the face of heightened public scrutiny, or simply safeguard cost efficiency, Bold Business has the answers. Check out boldbusiness.com for more information.